from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Marketing Matters here on Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. I'm Barbara Kahn. I'm the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing, and I'm joined remotely via Zoom meeting by my co-host, Professor Americus Reed, the Whitney M. Young Jr. Professor of Marketing and the Brand Identity Theorist. Hello, Americus. Hi, Barbara. How's the start to your week going so far? TGIM, thank God it's Monday, but uh, we'll be airing on Wednesday. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing really well. It's awesome. the start of a new week. It's almost spring weather, but not quite. Not quite. We we keep getting faked out. It's like one day it's 80 and the next day it's 40. I, I don't know what's going on here. It's it's quite amazing actually. I had already taken out my whole spring wardrobe and we Uh-oh. we have with us today talking us with us on our hit and miss column, Lauren Thompson, who's a reporter for CNBC and she covers retail and um, retail real estate. And I was just about to talk about my wardrobe. And I know that Lauren knows everything there is to know about skinny jeans um, and whether or not we should be wearing them. Mm-hmm. Hello, Lauren, and welcome to our show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I, I try to stay up to date with the fashion trends, but but they do change quickly. Excellent, yeah. excellent. So I did want to get into what I'm wearing for spring when I know I have this expert here. We'll get to that in Uh-oh. a minute. Yep. But, um, yeah, what's okay and what's not okay to wear, um, Americus? I know you need to know that. Well, um, I, I got to say, the last time I tried to squeeze into my uh, skinny jeans, it was a complete cat- uh, catastrophe. So uh, we, we, won't, we won't discuss that on the air, Barbara. That, it yeah, and Americus, pretty. you might not want to know about the new trend about a center part versus a side part either. Ooh, uh-oh, here we go. I can't keep up with, this is why we need Lauren because she's going to help us out with all this stuff so that we don't make like idiotic fashion faux pas but this is great (laughs) and what's going on in the mall but let's start out with our hit and miss um today and I have a big story I'm really interested to hear both of your feedback on if you have something to think about it and to me one of the things is all the media is talking about is the big fight between the Apple CEO and the Facebook CEO on Apple's new um privacy feature, which is going to go live in a few weeks. The feature is called the app tracking transparency. And what it does is it alerts users when their data is being tracked in an app and allows them to opt out. Now, Apple is arguing this is a really good thing because privacy matters and protecting your data matters. Facebook CEO takes out an ad somewhere and says this is really bad for small retailers and small brands because they can pay for cheaper advertising when they can much closely target their advertising so that it meets the need of a smaller audience. If you don't have that kind of data that these retailers and brands are historically used to getting, they're gonna have to advertise with much less precision. So it's really an, an argument between data privacy and what Tim Cook is saying, and then what Facebook is arguing is the practicality of advertising. So who's the, who's the success here? Is it Facebook? Is it Apple? Where's the hit? Where's the miss? America, do you have an idea on this? Yeah, this is fantastic. I, I, you know, I also want you to fill in a bit of the details, Barbara, and of course you as well, Lauren, because I want to make sure I understand exactly what this app is doing. Uh, for the purposes of this transparency hypothesis. So what exactly, again, is it doing, Barbara? So what it does is it allows, it immediately pops up and it says to the um, consumer or the Mm -hmm. 
shopper. Do you want your data tracked or not? Do you want it? And you just get to opt out of your oh, data being tracked. Now, the problem is half the time, maybe the person doesn't care or whatever, but you're given this question with a pop-up like this. You can imagine you go, oh, 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 I'm opting out, right? I mean, right. they may opt out even if it's not particularly dangerous because it's right. scary. So you would anticipate mm -hmm. that being asked like this mm. to opt out, you're going to get a lot of people who say, no, I want to protect my data. That would be your guess. That would and be my guess, right? I think that would be great. It would be interesting to look at, okay, here's an imperial, and maybe they've done this. Maybe you have information on this, Lauren. Maybe they've done that analysis mm -hmm. on the typical, what mm -hmm. is the opt-out uh, percentage that's, that's typical for these kinds of things, maybe across similar sorts of things. And, you know, I think that's a big part of it. I love this idea, though, because in some senses, it's like it's setting up. It's like a great story. You have the villain mm -hmm. and you have the hero. Right. And right. so and Why Apple, do you think it's a hero? Because let me just say Facebook is putting themselves up as the hero because they're protecting small retailers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. And I, and I think well, that's, yeah, I want to, I want to get Lauren's perspective on this. I don't know. I need more information. Yeah. Lauren. So why don't you jump in and help, help me <laughs> sort through this. I think we've got two heroes or two villains, maybe. Uh, we'll I see. Know, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, and I, I think everyone's tolerance or like risk tolerance, however you want to refer to it, is like different when it comes to data privacy. But I agree with what you said, Barbara, like nine out of 10 people probably wouldn't even realize or don't realize until they see a pop up. And it's mm -hmm. like, do you, will you, you know, are we able to keep tracking your data? And it's like, what? No. Um, but I, I, my, one of my initial thoughts was like, well, Facebook's argument, I mean, is this really the only way? for small businesses to track? Like, could they not compile data or like find out oh, fair, where fair. their customers are in other ways? Yeah. I mean, I can see obviously as, as fewer people are, are visiting stores and malls and more traffic is, is moving online, more shopping is taking place online. Like, I, you know, there's, there's more data, I guess, to be, to be gathered like mm -hmm. on the internet. Um, so I, I certainly see that argument, but mm -hmm. I just don't know if it's, if it's the only way, you know, like yeah. 20 years ago, it wasn't the only way for you to meet your customer and find out where, That's you know, fair. profile your customer. I mean, I, but, I, so, and I, but, I, you know, I, I agree that I don't know if I could say who's the villain, who's the hero yeah. here in this situation, uh, the, but um, yeah. Yeah. I think the other important point I want to jump in, uh, sorry to interrupt Lauren, this is fantastic. I'm getting excited. All good. This is unbelievable because now I'm nervous now because now I had, now you've got me thinking all my stuff's getting tracked. Right. Now Barbara, know. Barbara's going to have me like spiraling into a conspiracy theory at some point before the segment's over. Uh, but, but what about this though? What about, let me push back a little bit, Lauren said, what about, this is disproportionately mm -hmm. affecting the non-digitally savvy small businesses because now they have to go out and, and it's going to cost them more to get to figure out how to do these other things that can supplement yeah. the ability to capture that data for, and it's almost like, well, it's sorry, that's the tax on you not being up on the game. Uh, yeah. Is that the argument or because I, I, this, this is, I mean, it's, it's really sort of hitting me a little bit, this notion of there's going to be a big group. And I'm wondering what the properties of these small businesses are, whether or not there'll be like particular types of communities or, you know, the, it's, it's the whole argument where so I'm, I'm seeing a similar sort of thing, like the Georgia voter law, where it's, where it's kind of like yeah, the, the argument is. is it disproportionately affects this entire group systematically and it's not fair. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, again, I, I'm thinking of like these big 
the, you know, the Shopify's of the world, I guess, that are now coming into the picture. And I mean, Shopify's biggest argument is like, we're helping small businesses. Right. We're this backend provider and, and we can help them when it comes to gathering data. And so maybe, way, maybe that's a, that's a whole other yeah, player you're alluding to. We're not talking about Amazon behind the, in, behind the scenes. Well, they're yeah, them too. I mean, so maybe they're the winner. Maybe they're the, the hero <laughs> in all of this. Spotify is the big it's winner. Not Facebook. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Shop, yeah, Shopify. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let, I don't let know. Apple I mean, and Facebook like eat each other up, right? And sort of, <laughs> and then right. there's, and then the crumbs left over <laughs> is the, the folks at Spotify will pick it up. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, or Amazon. Shopify <laughs> here, which Shopify was, was the platform for and small Shopify, Shopify, correct. Yeah. Shopify, Shopify, yeah. There's too many, there's yeah, too many right. FIs, Lauren. <laughs> I, there, I can't keep I, up with this. No, I know. Much. And they all start with, they all start with us. <laughs> <laughs> it's the war of the big tech, but, and, you know, really. Yeah, let me, I let mean, me, let me, let me, let me jump in and ask a question, Barbara. Who does the public, who, who, who does the public on average have better a trust and um, credibility around? Yeah. Is it Mr. Cook or is it Mr. Zuckerberg? Well, that's an interesting question. And what and 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 to that point where I was going to go when you started that, but I agree it's it's parallel to what you're saying. Cook is arguing the privacy, and and Facebook mm -hmm. is arguing you know helping business. So that's another question. Exactly. Um, where do you sit on this? And and if you want to build on what your question is, you know Zuckerberg versus versus Cook. There's also the issue of different um, business models. Mm -hmm. So Facebook's model mm -hmm. is based on That's a advertising model, and, and Apple has a different model, and they're mm -hmm. they're the the hardware that they're selling and controlling all the things going forward. And to Lauren's point, mm -hmm. bringing in Amazon or Shopify, that's the platform. Mm -hmm. So that's a different game. That's so when you're right. in this world of retail, in this digital world, a lot of different players, a lot of different um, very, very cool. business he, models and a lot of different issues. So he, we should on our LinkedIn and Twitter pages, get people to vote. Totally. Um, he, here's my hypothesis, Barbara. I, I'm willing to bet empirically that if you just ask consumers, you know, who, who's the hero? Who, who, do, who, do you, mm -hmm. who, who would you best like look at and, and, and admire as a CEO I bet Tim Cook beats Zuckerberg six days a Sunday and twice on Sunday, First right? Of all, now we've now just biased our own results. I know, unfortunately, right? Sorry, <laughs> don't, don't, don't listen to this before you listen before you do the poll, <laughs> listeners. Um, but it, <laughs> yeah. it, is, it is interesting because there's a trust gap, right? I mean, the, the, there's a mm -hmm. hardcore group, Lauren. I want to get your thoughts on this. There's a hardcore group of Apple mm -hmm. loyalists out there. There's no such thing as a totally. Facebook loyalist. Right. No, there's not. And I mean, yeah. And I mean, I see where you're coming from. I mean, Facebook, no one can argue that. I mean, they've, that they haven't been embroiled in kind of this ongoing scandal. And I think more of their issues do relate to privacy. And so it makes sense of why they're trying to, you know, flip the script and say, you know, I, I think there's been a huge push, especially within Instagram. I mean, I see that they're trying to back small business, support small business. And now they've got this shopping component within Instagram that's really pushing small business owners. Um, so I, I think that's their one argument in, in this case right here. Yeah, I'm Barbara Kahn, along with my co-host, America's Reed. This is Marketing Matters, and we're talking about our hit and miss conversation of the week on Facebook versus Apple. Today, we're joined by Lauren Thomas, who's a reporter for CNBC, covering retail and retail real estate. And Lauren, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about some of the stories that you've been writing about in the retail world, because there's a lot going on in that retail world. We started out when we oh, got... Yeah. 
we got on here with the, um, the change in fashion and we're going to help America's dress better. And <laughs> I know the Levi, Levi CEO came out with the statement of where jeans are going. You want to talk a little bit about what Levi said and what's in and what's out in denim? Yeah, absolutely. So Levi's reported earnings this past week. And, and with that, I had a conversation with their CEO and they, they hinted at this in their results as well, that we are in a new denim cycle. So essentially what Chip Berg, the CEO of Levi's told me was the last denim cycle lasted about a decade. And it was really driven by skinny jeans, more tight fitting denim with both women and men. But they said early on in the pandemic, they released two new styles of jeans, and they really noticed this gravitation toward a looser leg, uh, high-rise high denim as well, but just really looser, wider-fitting jeans. I mean, it, it really harkens back to the 90s, I mean, the, the, you know, the style in the, in the 90s, even like bell bottoms. I mean, mm. so they, they've noticed that there's been a transition uh, into this this different type of denim and, and they're seeing a surge in sales and those styles, they're rolling out more styles again for both women and men. And and yeah, Chip said, you know, we're we're he thinks that we're in the early innings of a new denim cycle. I mean, you go on retailers from urban outfitters to Nordstrom, Gap, everyone is really pushing this wider leg you know, flared denim. And mm. and so it's like the skinny jean seems to be out. <laughs> So let me let me comment on that, because I think that there's mm -hmm. a couple issues going here. And I'd like to hear America's what you have to say in this, because I know you'll have an opinion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so one of the things is just the trends in denim, you know, and so mm -hmm. you can almost say, like, if it's skinny, the next trend is going to be wider because you got to sell more. Yeah. Denim. So that could be a right. Little That's true. But, um, yeah. I think that you could also go beneath a little bit and, and get another take on this, which is. Gen Z is really about inclusion, diversity, mm -hmm. um, recycling, mm. uh, not having clothes just for the fashion of it per se. Mm. And skinny mm -hmm. jeans, you know, fits a certain body type better than maybe other body types. And if we've all been sitting in the pandemic for the last year, <laughs> maybe the idea of more relaxed jeans is a more comfortable notion. Mm. So it could be mm -hmm. a style change, which is what he's saying. And, and I think there's mm -hmm. a lot to that but it mm -hmm. could also be a trend and i'm curious if you're seeing this as a different use of clothing that gen z are really coming up with different values and mm. different ideas americans let me ask you first and then lauren weigh in on what he says and what you think wow that, that's fast that's absolutely fascinating i mean I, I definitely you know i'm a fan of occam's razor which basically says it's usually uh the the this most simple explanation so i was actually going to the the pandemic 15, which is plaguing us all. Uh, but it, it, you know, it, it would be smart, Barbara, for Levi's to like tell the narrative around of these broader sorts of issues. I think that would mm -hmm. kind of nicely uh, correspond, maybe even synchronize Lauren with mm -hmm. kind of the way they're positioning themselves as a very purpose-driven company. They're even weighing in on political sorts of issues as well now. But the whole mm -hmm. the whole issue of like telling a broader story of inclusion, diversity all of these things, body types, as Barbara's saying, I think fits in nicely with that kind of purpose-driven uh, narrative. What are your thoughts there, Lauren? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. And I think you mentioned Gen Z, younger consumers. Um, there was just a recent uh, survey that we, within the retail industry, we look at. It comes out twice per year. Piper Sandler, they survey thousands of teens 
And you know, some of the things that they really care about, which this, this survey revealed to us, it just came out, you know, it's, it's sustainability, it's diversity and, and inclusion. So, I mean, it hits on all of those things. Um, ESG, you know, it, it, it just shows in, the, in these surveys that teenagers, they, they care more about that in the environment. And so they're flocking to these secondhand apparel sites and Poshmark and ThreadUp and they're recycling their clothes. Um, so I think that that's definitely part of it. I, one interesting thing, and Barbara, you, you hinted at this as well. I mean, when there's a new denim cycle that, that we are apparently into, and that fuels demand for new types of shirts, new types of shoes that you have to buy to match your new pants. Right. So it's really a way for retailers. I mean, if that's, if that's what they're saying, and I mean, it's, it's in their best interest <laughs> for us to be in a new cycle of pants, because then as a customer, you need a whole new wardrobe, essentially, and that means more sales for them. Well, speaking of that secondhand thing, just today, Nike announced they're getting in the secondhand shoe business. Yeah, I, I saw um, that. I saw that. Yeah. It's very interesting. Interesting. And I was talking to some of my friends who know a lot about Nikes, and, and his first mm -hmm. reaction was, it's about time they made some money from sales of secondhand shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Yeah. Making the money on that. Yeah, they, they have an opportunity to tell another, again, another interesting societal based narrative, which I think mm -hmm. is interesting. Let me ask you your opinion about this. So, the, the, the denim cycle wars. So, what, so mm -hmm. Levi's leans in on this. What does Wrangler do? Do they ignore it? Do they? They're still around, but did they ever make skinny jeans? I mean, when I think of Wrangler, I think of like a more loose fitting jeans to begin with mm. so maybe they'd argue that they've always been on the, on the ahead uh, of this trend before before right levi's there. called it out yeah interesting interesting <laughs> well but i do yeah yeah i mean i think I, I don't know both of them need to get into sweatpants as far as i'm concerned because that's the only, <laughs> no, that's the only... <laughs> barbara oh. when was the, when was the last time you wore jeans barbara i don't wear jeans i definitely wear my nikes and lulus but... there you go <laughs> but people well, i'm are... seeing i'm I'm seeing jeans with elastic waistbands now. So I think some companies are trying to, to make jeans into sweatpants. Interesting. Well, let's talk about another story you wrote, which is, um, I know that Foot Locker has been doing this, Nike's been doing this, mm -hmm. but just recently Dick's Sporting Goods opened up a store mm -hmm. with a driving range and an outdoor track. I know you wrote a story about that, Lauren. What do you think yep. about experiential retail and what Dick's is trying to do? Yeah, so this is really interesting. I, I've done a virtual tour, but I, I can't wait to go visit it myself in person. Um, Dick Sporting Goods just opened this 100,000 square foot location. It's in um, Victor, New York, so upstate New York. And I, I spoke to Ed Stack, who was the former CEO of Dick Sporting Goods. He's now their um, head of, of merchandising, and he really pioneered this concept. But he told me when, when they started thinking about this new location and, and what they wanted it to be, he said that he, he wanted to create a store that would literally put Dick Sporting Goods out of business. So he wanted it to be that good that it, you know, it, it would just blow them out of the water. And so this new location is called House of Sport and they bring in a ton of new concepts. Like you mentioned, it's got like a, a rock wall, these virtual driving ranges, basically every category of sport within the store has kind of a way for you to try out that product. So like if you're, if you're buying soccer cleats, there's a field outside, like a real soccer field um, where you can go out and, and play on this turf. Um, and, and try out your shoes. There's a, a 
a uh, track around the field where you can ride a bike if you're looking to test out a bike. So they, they've, they've added all of these different ways for you to basically try out their product, but they also want it to be a place where the neighborhood uh, basketball league or, you know, whatever sports league could come over and have practice or meetings there. They've got a community room where, where they can hold meetings. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's an entirely new concept, but I really think, I mean, this is what retailers in 2021 need to be doing if they aren't already is really rethinking the entire store i couldn't agree with you more we're going to see some uh, this to me is the silver lining of covid that mm -hmm. we're going to see Agreed. some amazing things in retail dix is on it footlocker's doing great things nike of course is hitting it out of the park always but it's really exciting mm -hmm. lauren thank you so much for joining us today and where can our listeners go to keep up with you and and your stories and the latest in retail and retail real estate Sure. CNBC.com. I've got a page there where all of my content goes. I'm also, I'm on Twitter and, and LinkedIn. Spend my most time there, I would say, out of all social media platforms. But but certainly CNBC, we've, we've got our stuff there every day, every Excellent. hour of the day. Awesome. But thanks again for having me. This was great. Thanks so much, Lauren. We really appreciate your time. Yeah, likewise. Thank you. Excellent. And we'll be right back after this short break uh, with some really cool stuff that has to do with the theme of comedy. We'll be back. This is Sirius XM Channel 132 Business Radio. We'll be back in just a minute.